Well, this afternoon, we have more of a participatory uh, experience. We are here specifically to share and share things that maybe you have, are doing in your own neighborhood, perhaps with your next door neighbor, maybe down the street, perhaps in your community, who knows, maybe across your state. But if you kind of caught a glimpse of what we're talking about this afternoon, it's how are you using agriculture as an outreach? It's nice, I mean, we can all say, well, we grow veggies and we sell them to people, or we grow veggies and we give them to people, and those, that's all good. But, you know, agriculture has a way of helping open the doors into people's homes and into people's lives. And, you know, I imagine um, there's probably a variety of ways that maybe some of us grow certain plants, and there's probably a variety of ways we utilize those plants in outreach, in as we use agriculture as outreach. So I'm going to be inviting those of you who would like to share something to, uh, to come up and do that. And let me just kind of lay a little groundwork of what we're trying to see happen this afternoon. So there's some steps over here to my left, to your right. And anybody who would like to share, we'd like you to come up to the stage. I have an extra mic here. I'll just ask you a couple questions like, you know, um, what's your name? Where are you from? Um, you know, just kind of get a little context. And then I'd like you to think of maybe one thing in particular that you'd like to share. We're not trying to hear everything you're sharing. Uh, we'd love to try to get as many people up here as possible so that it can help touch hearts out there and maybe people can go, that, I could do something like that back at home, right? So that's, what we're, that's our goal. And we're going to be asking you to be thinking about keeping this to less than three minutes. So we're not necessarily asking how you got into agriculture and all the things that you're doing and all those types of things. We're, we're trying to kind of zone in on a particular uh, way you're using agriculture as outreach. Fair enough? Okay, good. So I know there is a young lady who will be joining me here first. Um, and then we're, we have a couple of testimonies we're going to be sharing by video um, as well. So we'll show those uh, too. And we're going to get started, though, with the word of prayer. So Christina, come on up and we'll pray um, as we get started. So I just invite you to uh, bow your heads with me. Lord, we think about the blessings that we get um, in the garden. And, and yet, there, it can far exceed that in the way that we reach and touch and be used in your hands to make an impact right there in our own little communities and be little lights, little beacons in our community. And what a wonderful way to open up and to enter into people's lives in a more meaningful way uh, through agriculture. And we look forward to what you're placing on each individual's heart today about possibly sharing some of the things that have been happening um, in their home, in their garden, and their farm, and how it's been touching people's lives and how they have been used by you. Um, and we look forward to hearing that. And we invite your presence in a special way to be with us this afternoon. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, so who are you? My name is Christina Ford. Christina, where do you where do you join us join us from? I live in Washington State. I'm in Central Washington. Yeah, and you know, just a little note. I'll just mention about Central Washington. Anybody ever been to Central Washington? Okay, there's a town there called Wenatchee. You ever heard of Wenatchee, Washington? Yeah. So you're near Wenatchee. Yeah. And you know what I've heard about Wenatchee is that Wenatchee is three hours from any place. Pretty Have much. You, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if you know. I, I just remember meeting a, well, relative of yours, a sister's of, your, of yours, and she told me, oh, yeah, Wenatchee. I go, well, how far are you from, say, like Seattle? Uh, three hours. Well, how far are you from Spokane? Three hours. So pretty much just three. Anyway, yeah. tell us what you're doing in, uh, well, you're not actually in Wenatchee, are you? You're in Kashmir, mm -hmm. which is a town just... Very near Wenatchee. Okay. Yeah. What are you doing there? I'm growing flowers. And so I just started. I did my first year this last year. And I'm trying to use it as friendship evangelism. Okay. So do you have any, uh, you have an experience that you could share with us from this past year? Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many experiences that um, I could share. But one in particular that, that really was amazing to me was... Um, you know, my main platform for interacting with my customers and stuff is Instagram. And so I don't actually interact face-to-face -face very often with people unless I'm actually, like, doing a, a sale. Because um, I do mostly subscriptions, so I go drop it off at their door. Um, so um, one of the things that we did is we started offering classes. So we had flower arranging classes that we do. And... Um, we would get a few people every time, but each time we had a class, we ha would have a few more people come. Till, till in the um, fall time in November, we offered a um, wreath making class. And um, the idea was that the wreath cl making class would be um, free and that it would be held in our church so that we could bring the people into our church. So, um, I posted the class on my Instagram at 10 p.m. on Saturday night and um, just prayed that God would bring the people. And um, the next morning at 7 a.m., my mom was freaking out. She's like, you have to shut it down. <laughs> we had 50 people already signed up for the class, and it was way more than we could handle. <laughs> so you had the class? So we had the class, and it went really well. We had friends from the church help us. It actually ended up, there was a board meeting that night in our church, and so the pastor and a bunch of the elders were there, and they were able to come down and interact with the people too. But mostly it was just me and my mom, and then a few um, church members that had attended, and we were able to... Um, interact one-on-one -on -one with each person. You know, during the class, I go from person to person, just sit down, talk to them while they're making their, their wreath or help them or whatever. And um, there, there was a lot of people who um, would ask me, like, what else do you offer here? Like, what else can we come to? You know, we just moved. We want to be connected. So that was a really cool experience. Praise the Lord. Amazing, right? From a wreath class. Thank you, Christina. Okay, come on up. If you have something you'd like to share, I just invite you to come over here and stand at the foot of those steps, and we'll call you up next, okay? Uh, so I've seen you around here before a little bit. Who are you? Where are you from? 
My name is Tara's Children, and I'm from Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. And you guys have been in the Tennessee area for where you're at now. You've been there how long? Um, 11 years. 11 years. Okay. Tara's, what do you have to share with us today? Okay. Well, I just wanted to share with you a blessing that we had at our farmer's market. Um, we started going to a new farmer's market a couple years ago. And um, we met lots of nice people, and then we had this particular customer that faithfully met us, like, right at opening time every week. And he would always buy a good, good amount of stuff, and he, he liked to talk with us a lot. But he was kind of a secular kind of person, and we just cultivated the friendship for quite a long time. And then last summer... Um, he was talking to my mother, and he said, you know, I don't, I, this is kind of strange for me. Well, let me back up. We had a Christmas concert a year ago from this past December, and we invited uh, several of our farmer's market customers to come. And several did come, including Anthony and his wife, Carol. And um, so they came to the concert, and they stayed all the way to, like, they were like the last people to leave. And he was so excited about the concert. He said, you, I'm, a, I'm a kind of embarrassed to, embarrassed to tell you this, but it's been a, many years since we've been through the doors of a church. And, um, and he was just really inspired by coming. And then last summer, um, he asked my mother, he said, I kind of feel uncomfortable doing this, but I, I think I need to not be drinking every night. And, and so he's like, can you pray for me that I cannot drink for the next two weeks? And so, um, of course, we prayed for him, and he was able to accomplish that, and he was so happy. And since then, the prayer has been gradually becoming um, more major in our conversations. So his wife has been sick for the last couple months, mm. so he's really been asking for more prayers. And I just want to read you um, a message that he sent. Um, he said, We appreciate the friendship of your family and are grateful for the thoughts and prayers. I don't know of anyone or group that I would rather have in our corner. Hope you all have a super day. And then, then we stopped, then we went and visited him like a couple weeks ago when we went to town took them some flowers, and um, while we were visiting with them, we just had, mother had prayer with them, and you know, they didn't say very much, but then, so we were like, well, I don't know what they thought of that, Yeah. and then he sent a text message, so nice of you all to visit, I appreciate the bouquet, and he asked what the flowers were, I mostly appreciate the prayers, so that was, Amen. you know, so we just pray that it will continue in this direction. Yeah, it's, it's really remarkable, isn't it? I mean, you, and somebody ends up buying a head of lettuce from you, and you never know where it's going to take you. Thank you, Terrence, for sharing. Okay, we're going to take just a moment. We're going to see a video. I know some of you maybe attended Bob, one of Bob Gregory's talks, and you may notice Bob's not here. Uh, he actually left uh, pretty much right after his last presentation yesterday to head home, specifically because of kind of outreach that they're doing in their community. And so we have a video here of Bob and his wife. They live up 
uh, in West Virginia, and um, he has a small market farm there and a, and a teaching school for people who are interested in doing more agriculture. So we're going to watch this video right now. We're not able to be with you uh, because we do have some very dear friends that are facing some troubles right now and we're heading back to, uh, uh, to, to see them. All of the people that we come in contact with, we see the potential for sharing God's love with. And we don't distinguish between what's outreach, what's inreach, what's not reach, what's back reach. It's just a matter of loving our neighbors as ourselves. We have loving relationships with uh, dozens of people in our community that have largely come through our contact with uh, farmers market activities and the fact that we're involved in agriculture. But just as, as that's an opportunity, so is standing across the counter at the grocery store when you're checking out or uh, you know, meeting someone on the street that has a particular need. It's a matter of having ears to hear where other people are hurting and having eyes to see where our hands can be helpful to others and making use of those gifts and talents that the Lord gives us. And in that process, we've run across dozens, if not hundreds of people in our community in the last 10 years that we truly have developed a love for. People that may or may not ever have an interest in spiritual things. Uh, that's not for us to judge. That's not our, our role is to determine what people's needs are. We just see the needs and try to meet those needs. It's really my uh, firm conviction that in terms of outreach, uh, uh, we need to decategorize that and just see everyone that we come across as a hurting soul in these times and where we see needs and perceive needs and hear needs to meet those needs. And that need is based on what the other person perceives, not what we perceive as the need. I met this particular family, truthfully, I don't even remember when. And then we were at Farmer's Market, and this family, I probably just met, as I do most people, because I'm friendly, and I talk to people, and I listen to them, and I pick up things they drop, and I offer their kids things when I see they're uncomfortable, because that's who I am, that how God made me, and I'm willing. We have farmed for them and for their families, digging up when they couldn't, planting when they couldn't. Um, we've gone over to meet needs or pick up medication and take it to Charleston because one or the other forgot their medicine when they've had to do an emergency trip to Charleston, which is an hour away. And then we've shared meals, we've canned, we've cooked, we've baked, we've shared in life's trials with each other's children. And now she is at the end stage of multi-system failure. And I know I can't fix that. I know that there's precious time to have with her. And she has already had her heart stop while we've been here. And they resuscitated her. So the time is now for me to spend some time with her. Because the needs are all around us. You just have to be willing. I don't even think we have to look for it. We it's all around us. I have to turn things away sometimes to restore. But I, I think if you have an ear to hear and an eye to see, needs are all around you. Amen. The needs are all around us. That's a pretty profound statement. So that's why they're gone. They're, they're back to meet someone that they met through their agriculture experience and uh, at basically an end-of-life situation, and they felt like they wanted to do all they could to try to be there. So what an amazing testimony. Okay, who's next? Come on up.
what type of experience do we have to hear from you regarding your experience with out agriculture and outreach? Tell us who you are and where you're from. My name is Titus Morris. Keep it up there, Titus. Okay. Yeah. My name is Titus Morris, and I'm in Liberty, Kentucky. All right. And what do you do in regards to agriculture? So God has given me the uh, opportunity to uh, use horses in agriculture. Um, so I get to uh, plow with horses, disc with horses, soil preparation, um, you know, harvest crops, uh, bring them back to the barn with the horses. It's just working with horses okay. is like a lot. Great. Well, we look forward to hearing. What do you have to share okay. with us? Today? I'm feeling a little bit nervous. Can anyone relate with that? So I would ask you to pray for me while I'm here, and I'd like to pray and ask the Lord to be with me now. Our Father in heaven, uh, you know my nervousness, and I pray that you would give me your thoughts and that you would give me the ability to express them and that you would, uh, above all, be glorified and honored. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> all right, Titus, we got three minutes. Okay. Okay. All right, okay. here we go. So... Uh, I, I am farming on, on my land, but I also train horses. And so um, I was working with an Amish uh, trainer, and then uh, there was another Amish trainer. And so we were all working together training different horses and mules. And so there was a particular uh, a beautiful Appaloosa mare, and my friend was training her and was not... Uh, having any success and she kept on becoming worse and worse and more and more dangerous and he would try to get her to go away from the barn and she wouldn't go you know she was just stubborn and she started rearing up and rearing up and so the other trainer said uh, my boss said well um, I, I can handle her you know I'll, I'll, I'll work with her and so she reared up and fell over backwards and he broke his fibula hmm. and so I was praying about it, and, you know, they were saying, well, you know, she should just go to the meat market, you know. Um, she's no good, you know. And so I, I asked uh, my boss, I asked Eli, I said, um, can I, you know, have a shot at it? And he's like, no. He's like, I don't want you to get hurt. You've got other, you know, horses that have potential, you know, no. And I said, well, please, you know, can I just do it on my own time? He's like, yeah, if you want to waste your time on it, go ahead. So after work, uh, I was riding her, and she kept on rearing up and rearing up. And I asked the Lord, please change this horse so that people can see that you're real. And it was a beautiful moonlit night, and she kept on rearing and rearing. And as I kept on praying, I saw God changing her. And eventually, she just started being calm, obedient. Wherever I asked her to go, if it was away from the barn, she would go away from the barn. And so then the uh, owner came uh, to, to pick up the horse and to pay for the training. And so uh, the owner asked me, what is your secret? Uh, you know, the other two trainers, it didn't, you know, didn't work. What is your secret? You know, what technique did you use? Right. And I said, I prayed to my father in the name of Jesus. She's like, so just prayer <laughs> so you know and that gave me encouragement too because yeah. if God can change 
a horse's mind and heart, he can change my mind and my heart. Praise the Lord. And in that horse, I saw myself. Because in that horse's disobedience, that horse's disobedience resulted in the pain of somebody else. And so looking back in my life, I have seen that my disobedience has resulted in the pain of people who are around me. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for God's forgiveness. But if you're a young person today, please don't be a stiff-necked horse. And I just want to leave you with one verse as I close. This is Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 10. Jeremiah 17, 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins to give every man according to his ways. So God is the one who has the reins on your life. He won't jerk on your mouth and make you and force you obey, but he will test those reins and see, will you yield to pressure or will you fight? Let's yield to the pressure that God puts on us today. Titus, hang on, before you leave, I got a question for you. Praise the Lord. So Eli, there, you mentioned a guy named Eli in the story. He was your boss or something of this nature, and he said, don't waste your time on the horse. Where's, where's Eli? I mean, where, where, what happened to Eli after he saw what happened to the horse? Well, Eli was like, what, what did you do? You know, what did you do with it? And, you know, like, what did you, her name was Annie, Annie the Appaloosa. Yeah. What did you do with her? And I told her, well, I, I prayed to my father in the name of Jesus. And he's like, you just prayed? It's like, um, like, yes. Um, and then I had another horse that was a really big Irish draft. And Eli was like, well, I don't know if we should waste our time on this or not. This is, we're the fourth trainer that this horse has been brought to, and I don't know if, you know, it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Titus, do you want this hard case? And I said, well, yeah, I'll take him on. And so, uh, I mean, he was, he would just shake whenever I would come near. He was just very afraid. And so, uh, it was the same story. He, he calmed down. He became obedient. And so, then that owner asked me, well, what is, what technique did you use? Uh, you know, what, what, what did you do? And I told him I prayed to my father in the name of Jesus. And he's like, well, you're the fourth trainer and the last three were not able to ride him. You're, 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 you know, so, um, you know, in this conference, we, we, have, we hear a lot of technical stuff, which is very important. We need to, we need to be technical. We need to be searching and, and digging. But if our hearts are not right with God and we're not living in obedience, you can get your pH perfect. But if you're not living in obedience to God, you, you can't have the cooperation of the angels in your garden. You know, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm probably my three minutes is up. Fair enough. You're good, Titus. Thank you for sharing. Okay. Can I say something more? Just One more thing. I would ask you that when people speak, not to clap. Praise Jesus for what they're saying. Right. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't applaud men. <laughs> Thank you, Titus. All right, who's next? Come on up.
You are a familiar face yes. to me at least, but maybe Hi. not to everybody here. Hello. Who are you and uh, where do you come from? I'm Larry Lesher's wife. Oh, Larry Lesher's wife. You have Michelle a name? Lesher. Michelle, good. <laughs> and we have a farm called Eastward Gardens in southern Indiana. Very good. And you yeah. guys have been there how long now? This was our seventh season. And it's like a small market farm? Yes. We you farm grow? about one and three-fourths acre. And it's primarily produce. And we grow flowers and microgreens. Good. What do you have to share with us, Michelle? Okay. So forgive me for those that have heard this part of the testimony before. But um, on our farm, we have a policy. And we give at least one flower bouquet away at every farmer's market. And we've had such wonderful experience doing that. There's so many testimonies I could give. I had a hard time deciding which one to give. So I have a very neat, unique one that I chose. So um, whenever we have leftover flowers, I don't ever want to take any flowers home. So we give them away. And I received this email. On our flower bouquets, I have a sticker that has our farm name with the scripture verse from where we, we got the farm name and our website. So this particular mother obviously went to the website after the bouquet was given to her and sent me an email. And it reads... Michelle, can I ask a quick yes. question? How did you decide that this woman was to get the free bouquet? Okay, How does so, that work? So I, I'm very intentional about who I give the bouquets away to. So usually I'm watching customers and trying to make eye contact with them and, and interacting with them. And um, it is oftentimes that I give them to mo mothers with children or I give them to children, but it's not always the case. But my heart is kind of sensitive to, to moms and children, so they end up in a lot of mothers' hands or, or elderly as well. So um, I don't know. I just pray and I try to be very intentional about it. And we've had a lot of people, you know, oh, I've had the worst day and... One lady even told me her son had just passed and just on and on with how I feel like God really has led me. So this email reads, and I'm not going to read all of it because it's kind of long, but it says, hello, my name is, well, I'll just say KP, just to keep it anonymous. And I live in Louisville with my husband and four kiddos. I met you once at the farmer's market at Rainbow Blossom this summer with my youngest daughter, Jane. I've been thinking about you guys ever since. You, Michelle helped Jane pick out flowers, and made the sweetest little bouquet. In addition to hoping to be part of your 2020 CSA, I've also been wondering if you might have space or time to let my family come to learn and help with you sometime during the week. I just started homeschooling this year, and part of my desire for our family is for us to learn about food and farming and how to care more for ourselves and the land. I hesitate to email you because of my own insecurities. I don't really know anything about growing food, and neither my husband or myself grew up thinking about food or where it came from, and because of that, the topic tends to feel too big for me. I suppose as I write this email, I'm wanting to clearly confess my ignorance in regards to what you do, and also want to confess that at the same time, I have this deep desire that I can't seem to escape for wanting to learn about farming and to give that gift to my children. I have the willingness to learn, but don't really know where to begin. I'm learning that I need other people to grow and learn myself and to raise up these kiddos. I don't have a clear vision for how my family could be part of what you guys are doing, but if you have time or can see a, a place 
where we could enter and learn and witness some of what you are doing, then that would be, I would be grateful. And it goes on to explain how many children, how old they are, what they're doing. So this is where it gets so amazing. <laughs> so, so I received this email and I responded, we're getting ready to go to Florida. As soon as we get back, we would love to have you on the farm. So we have really close friends that are Mennonite neighbors that got Larry and I started in the flower business. Like they were the people that really supported me. They're trying to sell their farm. And I've been praying for them because they're really wanting to sell their farm and, and go to Panama. So she messaged me the other day that we have someone that has given us an offer, and these people know you. And I said, really? That's odd. So she explains that when this woman was telling the story, she didn't interrupt and say that she knew who she was talking about. It's these people. They um, apparently... They didn't know that we knew them. They were just Googled the area where we lived looking for property. And our Mennonite neighbors are five miles away. And she was telling the story of this girl at a farmer's market who gave her daughter flowers and how it inspired them to want to move to the country and went to their farm. And now they're buying our, isn't that amazing? I mean, come on, that's Sounds so amazing. amazing. I'm so amazed too. So. God's in control. Okay, so yeah. just be careful who you give flowers to. That's right. It may be your neighbors pretty soon. Yes. Thank you, Michelle. That's wonderful. Very good. Okay, come on up. I think these are some young people from our Daystar Adventist Academy. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So you want to introduce yourselves? Sure. So this is Donna. She's a senior at Daystar. And this is Jana. She's a junior. And Daystar Adventist Academy is located in Utah, in Castle Valley. And for whoever knows where Arches National Park is, we are about 30 minutes away from the entrance, 17 miles. And so this school year, at the farm, we had a special project. So every student got an individual plot to take care of. Well, um, the first frost came, so we had to harvest a lot of stuff. We were all working. Even the teachers were, not that they don't work, usually they do. But um, they were helping us, they were helping. I'm sorry, Mr. Brian. They always help. Um, so we had to harvest a lot of stuff, like um, spinach, lettuce, bok choy, radishes. Oh, here we and go. we, oh, those are, the, those are the student plots. There we go, okay. Yeah, that that's the greenhouse, that's inside the greenhouse. That's where we, um, we work with our stuff, with our vegetables. Yep. And that's outside. Um, as you can see, the, the plants are all um, covered. That's why um, it, was really, it was really cold, so we had to harvest. We were all working. It was really busy that day. So we decided to um, work with the vegetables, so we were harvesting. So we all started packaging. Some of the students were washing. Some of the other students were bunching and putting them in bags. We were preparing so we could um, have them ready so we could take them to the village. Yep. Good. Looks wonderful. Yeah, so we went walking around um, Castle Valley, where we were located, and um, we were able to um, fundraise for our mission trip to Beacon Academy. Um, and we were also able to interact with the people on um, just a really nice way, uh, meet them on their level, and see um, how they're doing. And one good experience I had was we, uh, Johnny and I actually knocked on a door, and the couple, um, 
answered the door. And they got really excited when they heard that we were from Daystar and invited us into their house. We got to know them, and they were able to help out um, with our fundraise. But it was just a blessing because they were able to uh, help us out, and also um, we, were, we left there feeling like God was going to bless that day, and he did. Um, my personal experience is that it was really challenging because I'm a Spanish-speaking person, so for me, it was, I was really nervous to go out and talk with people. So at first, actually, I didn't want to. My partner was doing all the talking. I was just smiling and giving away the uh, vegetables. But then I decided to try, and I got the experience of connecting with people and talking with them. So it was really good for me, and I'm sure it was a blessing for them, too. So let me make sure I, I got this straight. So you take the box of veggies, and you go to town, and you knock on somebody's door, and they come to the door, and you say, would you like to buy some? Yeah, pretty much so. What we said, we are from Dave's Adventist Academy, and we have some produce that we grow, and we try, like, gave them away for a donation basis. So it was pretty much like co-portering just with vegetables instead of with books. And so you raised that money for yes. a trip to, where did you say you So were? that money that we raised there was used to go to Help Beacon Academy, which is a school in Tennessee. Like, the principal was up here yesterday. Yes. Did you all hear that story? On their way down, they went to, if I understand the story correctly, too, you guys swung by GYC in Louisville, from Utah to Louisville, then from Louisville to Tennessee, and then you did your trip, mission trip in Tennessee, then you came to Adagra. Yes. Wow. Pretty amazing. And I have one more story to tell. Okay, one more story. Okay. So Joanna and me, we knocked on the door, and no one was opening, and we just stayed there, but no one opened. So then we were about to leave, and the lady pulls in right that second. And so at first she looked a little bit scared, but then we were able to talk to her, and she really thought it's a good idea that we were trying to raise money to help a school establish a farm. And then she really supported us, and as we left, she left too, which means she had just forgotten something and came back. She actually told us that she forgot something. So she just came back, so God was definitely leading in that. Praise the Lord. Wow, that's a wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. God bless you guys. Okay, who's next? If you have something to share, you see how this kind of flows, I invite you to come on up. I don't know, is there anybody else in line now? We have some people sitting? Okay, very good. All right. Okay, brother. I've seen your face before. Tell me your name, where are you from? My name is, is on? I think so. Tony Fuentes, I am from Mexico, but I live in Platina, California. Platina, California, where is that in California? Uh, northwest, three hours north from Sacramento. Oh, north of Sacramento. Close to Oregon. Uh -huh, okay, very good, I'm glad you saw, I didn't make the connection. Okay, Tony, what do you have? Okay, uh, good afternoon. Uh, this, uh, we was in our house one day and we received a call. One sister then we don't know and she say, brother, uh, I wanna see my friend, I wanna come here. I have a friend with Tom, so we can see it. And she say, I have a son and she's motivated to go with you to the farm. Okay, and they come next day, uh, they drive like three hours and I see the guy, 18 years old, Diego with chore, and he says, so what's happening or which is the history? He said, well, I am a prodigal son, so 
I used, I, I, I read the book of education and I found the agriculture is the beginning of the true education and I know you are doing agriculture and I want to stay with you. And he was clear, he said, I am a handicap. I am a handicap, so I was a city boy. He was good, complex, but he like, he asked permission to move the other feet. He asked permission, can I move it? So he was like that. And we said, you know, well, so let's give the opportunity to, you know, to Diego. For how long time you wanna be here, you know? Well, I'm not sure, you know, but okay. So, and he stayed with us, and literally in that days, I had five, well, in that time I had five years old, six years old. My five years old worked faster than him. <laughs> One time we have a camp meeting, and you know, we were like 10 years. Each one was in one line, you know, pick, moving the wheat. And, and I come back and I say, well, okay, Panchito is there. Panchito was the younger, was like 12 years old. I want to help Panchito. And that way he can advance, you know, and the olders, they want to catch. And I say, Panchito, I want to help you. And, and he say, no, help Diego because he's in the back. <laughs> so he was, you know, pretty much like that but he was a sweet, sweet guy. And we learned a lot, a lot of patience with him. Like, you can't believe it. I am not that patient, but with him, my sons, my, was nothing. I prefer to work with 100 kids because he was hard, hard boy to work, to work. And the only thing that we have in our farm is work. So we don't have classes, we don't have, you know, we have little things here, there, but was, he asked permission, he literally, you know, completely somebody who don't know anything. So, praise the Lord, as he don't know how long he's going to stay with us, he spent three years with us. And now... He is in Harlan College. Just three more seconds. Two years ago, we do a camp meeting. And we have a friend, maybe like 33 years old, and he bring a friend. That friend put the eye on her. You know, I can see it, you know. He was trying, you know. And the camping finished. The last summer, everything was done. And after which, I say, you know, Hey, Alejandra, how you doing? What's happening with, let's say, David? What's happening, you know, with you and David? Oh, no, she say. When we was in Platina in your farm, you know, I want a, a country agriculture guy. He was, all the time when we was working in the morning with you, he was complaining, oh, my back, oh, it's too hot, oh, it's... I don't like to be in the, you know, in the dirt. So she said, that opened my eyes, and I said, this is not my man. Hello? Go ahead. Oh, I, I'm the guy. Okay. Excellent. Tell me who you are. Uh, my name is Jonathan Nino. 
Nino. Yes. Okay, Jonathan. It's actually Nino, but Nino. they don't use that Enya yeah, here. Yeah, so, like yeah. a little boy. Like a little boy, that's yeah. right. I'm okay. ahead of the game. You know, the Bible says you must be like a little child. Yeah, yeah. So in yeah, the kingdom okay. of heaven, I already okay. got the name. Okay, so that's I'm good with you. Stuff. I'm with you. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Jonathan, you come from? So I live in Connecticut, uh, but, my, but we work in Southeast Asia, in the, in the communist country in Southeast Asia. So um, you work on a farm? So we do have a farm. Okay. There as well. That's part of one of our projects. But one of the great things about the farms, how the Lord has blessed us there with it, is that in this country that we are at, uh, they have something called a spirit house, which that spirit house is specifically given to, you guessed it, to the spirits. So they pray to certain spirits and they have certain things that they tell them so they can protect their area around it. So when we receive, when the Lord blessed us with this farm there in Southeast Asia, we removed the spirit house from that house that was there. So all the farmers that were around the area saying, oh, everything's going to crumble, nothing's going to be good, you have no blessings from anybody else. And of course, we could not mention who we worship automatically because then bad things happen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but our farmers that were with us, that we, they, they were hired, uh, they, were, they were just starting to learn about God. And they were very concerned that we were removing this the spirit, spirit house. house. Yeah. He said, well, you're not going to be blessed. You know, the, the ground is no good anyway. You know, how are we going to be able to do it? Well, to make a very long story short, after a couple of years of doing cover crops and all the stuff to, to you know, bring in the good stuff into the soil, uh, all the farmers used to kind of make fun of what we were doing. He goes, what is this thing of organic? And what is this thing of that? Just do slash and burn. And, and he said, well, use this chemical. So it'll be good. We're like, no, no, no. You know, the farmers used to say, no, no, no. Yeah. And Afterwards, we've, we had our first harvest, which was the blessings of cucumbers, we call it. We were able to harvest over 500 kilos of cucumbers during that area. Uh, and the Lord blessed us so much that they were selling left and right everywhere, in the village, outside in the towns, in the capital of the city, of the, of the country, and so forth. And then later on, the villages, the, our farmers tell us this ahead. They actually told us just like last year, and this, this happened two and a half years ago. Yeah. But then they tell us, you know what? The farmers are now coming to us and saying, tell me, why is it that your cucumbers are so big and they're not modified? Why is it that they're so juicy and nothing, you know, and what is it? What is your, what yeah. is your whole thing? So yeah, then yeah. our farmers were able to teach them the right steps of how to be able to cultivate the right way and so forth. And he said, but I see you don't have the spirit houses, how you're being blessed. And then the great thing about it was that these farmers, as they started studying the Word of God, our farmers, yeah. they gave their hearts to Jesus. Praise and now Lord. because they're giving their hearts to Jesus, now they tell us, well, we know someone much powerful that does not need a house to live in. And, and it's been so awesome. I mean, we Praise can tell you stories after stories. And now these individuals that before did not know how to write nor read, now they come and tell us, look, I can write my name. Look, I can do this. And now they take storybooks of like old Sabbath school lessons for kids and they go out to the villages and giving it to, and they started giving it to the schools in the area. And then they, when we came there, when we were there in November, they came and they told us and they asked us, hey, Jonathan, we, we need more of those books. I'm like, well, which books are you talking about? He goes, those books that the kids read in the church thing. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Those? He goes, oh, you mean the Sabbath school? Yeah, we need more of those because the church are asking us to use those for their English language learning in their school. Wonderful. So it is really neat how the Lord is able to enter in yep. many ways. And, of course, the Lord has blessed us many other stuff. Yeah, yeah. The village, um, our farm has become a center of influence that we are now are able to have a little small English school. And that English school allows us to go into people's homes and be able to assess their health needs. And then follow up, the Lord has blessed us so that we can do dental and vision care and so forth the there in those areas. So the all because 
of the, what the Lord gave us to the Absolutely. Farm. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Praise the Lord. That's excellent. That's really amazing. Okay. Todd, you look familiar. I think we had lunch together. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. good. Glad you're here. Pleasure. Tell us who you are and where you're from. I am Todd Densmore. We're currently from Mansfield, Missouri, about a half mile from Baker Creek Seed. Okay, good. And do you have a, what are you doing there in regards to agriculture? We grow medical missionary plants, plants that relieve suffering, help fight American diet diseases, and um, help to relieve suffering, comfrey, broken bones, aloe vera, natural remedies. Okay, and who are these fine-looking young ladies here with you? I'm Jasmine Densmore. This is my father, and this is our baby, the baby of the family. This, this is a baby of the family. She's Jubilee. She's our youngest. Um, I'm the very middle of all of us seven kids, so Alrighty. since she's, she was born last, I t helped take care of her a lot. Okay. Well, what, what story do we have to share today with uh, how you're using agriculture and outreach? Well, it's, it's a miracle that I'm up here. I'm naturally shy, but when I read Bible, read my spirit of prophecy, the Lord it has inspired that we should know the, the spiritual condition of every neighbor and that we should talk familiarly with them. Well, when I lived in Michigan, I only knew probably three of the neighbors in a mile and a half road I lived on for 10 years. And so when I read that, that I need to know the spiritual condition of every neighbor, we, we were moving to Missouri and we planted six aloe vera plants. Within a year or two, the Lord had turned that into a thousand. Freely, you've, you've received, freely give. So. Uh, I had had a bad experience going door-to-door -door passing out books, and this lady saw us probably down at the end of the driveway. said, boys, whatever you got, I'm not interested. And I don't take rejection well. I said, okay, I'm, I give up. But we decided we don't want to look like salesmen. I want to look like family. Uh, and we're going to take something and give it to everybody. So we took an aloe vera plant. And these, you can't take enough of these aloe vera plants. They multiply faster than we give them away. We took one to every person on a five-mile road here in Missouri. We know all the neighbors, and now we feel at home. We know more neighbors than the neighbors know, and now we're branching out to other roads. And to tell you how it is the truly the entering wedge, because we went to this home, the lady, we hand the aloe vera. We're, we're new. We like, we like gardening. We do soap making. If there's anything we can do to help, uh, this is our name. This is our number. We're the new neighbors down here. And this lady, she looks at us, she says, come on in. She shows us, just like Hezekiah, she showed us everything in her house. She opened the closets, showed my wife her fiber that she spins with. My wife spins fiber. And she's taking us through the basement. I'm thinking, why does a stranger trust us so much? And as she takes us, my children saw the openness, so they ran to the car, got an amazing fax pamphlet, brought it back and gave it to her. She said, oh, no, I don't read anything if it's not published by my church gives you an idea of probably who that is. And so I said, Lord, what do, we do? what do we do now? As we're walking through her basement, she's showing us even the basement, go out the walkout basement, I see a, a yarrow plant in the, in the yard. I said, do you know what you can use that yarrow for? And I explained the natural remedies, natural uses for yarrow, and she said, I need to learn those things. She wasn't interested in our Bible literature, but now she was interested in natural remedies. And that opened the door. She's, she's a missionary in her church, and she's since come. 
She's prayed in the name of Jesus. Uh, everything that she's had a, a health problem with, she said, I have a problem with inflammation in my legs. Um, my wife gave her some turmeric, and, and the Lord blessed. The inflammation went down. She said, I want some turmeric for my daughter. I want some turmeric for my aunt. They all have problems. She said, I'm, I'm suffering. My cats are suffering. She, she bred cats. My cats are suffering from some some disease and my wife says well why don't you try this charcoal and and every time we ask the lord to bless and the lord blesses so it's brought them into our home for bible studies for a, a shy person to just share a plant and the lord blesses and multiplies our efforts it truly is the entering wedge if i can do it you can do it Amen. thank you so my part is not so much agriculture i do enjoy it but right now i'm focusing focusing on Sewing, I'm a modest seamstress, so, so I sew modest clothes for young ladies. And I have an online business where I sell products from our home and also what I make. And my dad and I, we make these business cards. You go to a website where you print out business cards. Instead of putting like business information, we put Bible verses. So each one will be on a different subject. And so every time I ship out an order, I put a couple of those cards in with a package. And so I usually don't hear anything back from any, any information, like people read the cards. But I was really surprised one time I, I got on my account and I, it said that I had a new review. Someone left a review on a product they had bought. And so I opened it up and I always like to see what they say. And I don't remember, it was pretty long, but at the end they said, and I was really surprised because there's these Bible verse cards in them and I was so surprised because I really like them. And it, I usually don't like that type of things. And so that's just a real simple way, even just taking them in hand, because people, they think it's a business card. And so you can just hand it to them and they'll take it. When regularly, if you give them a book, they might reject it. But if you give them a business card, they just think it's a business card and take it. And then later they'll look at it and have a chance to read and actually read the Bible verses. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Okay, we're going to see a short video here um this is i'm just going to try to set the stage here this is of um, uh, a young lady that pam and john dysinger met uh, in europe at the agriculture conference there and she has a little testimony about her experience with uh with agriculture so let's see if we can roll that hi my name is alberta Bachmann. i am from denmark i'm 27 years old and at the moment, I am currently living in central Portugal, where I work as the head gardener of a ministry called Woodland Health Retreat. Three years ago, I came to this ministry, and back then my life was very different. I was living in the world. I was into smoking cannabis and drinking lots of alcohol. I've been taking very many drugs in my life. Yeah, was literally living a life in worldly bondage. I was longing for a sincere life change and my way crossed the Woodland Health Retreat through a webpage called WorkAway. So in their profile text, I found out that neither smoking nor drinking was allowed at this, in this community and that they were of the Christian faith, which I had no understanding of. The other reasons why I decided to come to Woodland is that I could read from their profile that they were operating a big garden and 
I was passionate about gardening already before. So here I found myself in a very kind Seventh-day Adventist community and was listening along with them in prayers and was attending worship. And I was very curious and found it interesting that a group of people was believing in God since it has never had any existence in my own life. It has taken me two and a half years with huge personal battles uh, to believe that God is real, to accept God in my own life and to convert to Christianity. So this is my first year as a child of God and it has brought me abundance of blessings through Christian education, through discipline and persevering efforts and lots of trials and temptations. And I can truly say it has been the best year of my life. The past year, in season 2019, it was my first season as a responsible gardener. So I find it very appropriate that we can begin a CSA this season and first of all start very small to reach out to our neighborhood and to see if we can get to market or into smaller organic grocery stores here in the area. I learned so much and also how to connect to God through the garden um, and to see how we are just surrounded by this beautiful creation and that we are so dependent upon the food that we are growing ourselves. This was what connected me to God and how I yeah, every day can go into the garden and work with him and ask of his directions and learn things here and there through right thinking and, and knowledge from him. Through his guidance he has really put the touch on my heart and impressed me to begin a little sister business next to, next to Woodland Hills Retreat which we will call Woodlands Beautiful Farm, and it will be up running from this season. I'm in the very beginning stage of understanding of market gardening and to implement the knowledge which I'm uh, receiving from online courses and studying and then to yeah implement it in the garden. But I believe that if God has put it, this on my heart, he will also make it happen uh, through me, if it's his will. I would be very interested in getting to know any of you, if you would be interested in sharing with me your life experiences and your interest and your knowledge about market gardening. I pray that you will have a continuous Blessed Sabbath in this conference. I thank you for being a listener and may God bless you. It kind yeah, there we go. It kind of reminds you of <clears throat> the fake fun that Dr. Saman talked about in the message this morning, doesn't it? Amazing. Okay, let's see. We have a few more minutes. We have anybody else? Yes, great. Come on up. I think I saw you in the f some kind of flower thing. Yes. The, yeah, so tell us who you are, where you're from. My name is Maritza McKinney, and my husband, James Dion McKinney, I call him Dion, we are in 
from Somerville, Georgia, and we have a farm called Parable Gardens and Orchard. All right. Yes, Maritza, good to see you, by the way. Thank you. Okay, so tell us about what's on your heart in regards to what you'd like to share. So our farm, we run a little CSA, but it's not subscription-based. So what you do is we post on social media, Facebook, and $20, a bag, keep it simple. If they want it, they buy it. If not, they don't, and we deliver to a couple places. Um, we have met employees and have deep relationships. We have also met our neighbors on our road. But what we want to share today is in November, the week before Thanksgiving, my husband and I decided to do a cooking class. We said, let's do a cooking class. So we went on social media, said, we're going to do a cooking class. You have to pre-register and pay $20 before you go. Because sometimes when people have to pay for the education, they show up much more. So we did that. And he put a couple things at the YMCA. And he's a respiratory therapist by um, his occupation. And I'm a physical therapist a day a week. But we told our coworkers about it and went there. So on the day it happened, 16 people showed up. My husband knew about six of them. But the other 10, we had no clue from his, his job. And the person at the front desk of the Marriott, and we had it at the Marriott. We rented out a room in the Marriott. And the person there came to me and said, um, the front desk person, there are people calling who still want to join. What do I tell them? What do I tell them? And he said, unfortunately, tell them it was a prepaid event. So if you didn't pay, you just can't walk in. You understand? So we did that. Before it got started, um, a coworker of his, their atheist, and a friend that she brought along said, hey, um, can I go to the bar and get some a beverage that I can have? While I, I said, we said, go for it. Please go get whatever beverage you want and come. We can't wait to start. So she got her beverage and she sat down. Because our intention, it says, Christ's method alone brings true success. And the first step is he mingled with the people as one desiring their good. And we want to make sure we mingled well, not forcing anything on them. And that's what we did. So we started out, we taught them how to peel a butternut squash. I'm just showing how simple it is. We taught them how to roast vegetables. And we taught them how to make a kale salad. Okay, something simple. And I made um, cashew alfredo sauce. The people could not believe it. They ate off everything. And they said, how do you learn this stuff? Can you come to my house and do it? We will pay whatever it takes. Can you come to my house and do this? People said, where, where has this been? When is the next class? Can we tell our friends? Where is this? What's happening? We didn't realize the impact we'd make in just reaching out to them by teaching them sim simple things. It wasn't anything big or glorious. It was just how to peel a squash and how to make a kale salad. But they were overjoyed to have it. And so we've started many deep relationships and already have appointments to go into the home to do a cooking class for their family and friends. So we just wanted to share that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Excellent. Thank you, Maritza. Okay, who's next? Come on up. It's kind of nice hearing these stories, isn't it? It's encouraging. So you look familiar too. Tell us your name. Where are you from? My name is Deidre. Deidre. Where and you from? I'm from Hermosa, South Dakota. My husband and I own and operate a small market garden there. Good. How long have you been in South Dakota? We've been back for three years. Before that, we were there for a couple of years and then left and went to Daystar Academy and 
now we're back there. Okay, great. So what, it, what, do you, what story do you have for us? Um, so we are firm believers in friendship evangelism, like evangelistic series are great, but we believe that um, true changes and true relationships happen like one-on-one. -on -one. And so just to share one story of how we've done that through our farm, um, when we were in South Dakota previously, we ran a CSA program and we had a young couple that was a part of our CSA program. And they're a little bit younger than we are and they have a small family, well they have five kids, so it's a young family, it's not a small family. But um, through Providence, when we came back to South Dakota, they were like one of the first people that we ran into just out and about and found out that they were homeschooling their five children. And they are not in the church, so she was raised Lutheran but didn't really have left the church very young. Um, and then he has never had religion in his life. Um, but they are unique in that they homeschool their children. They live, um, very, they teach their daughters to dress modestly and to be feminine and just some of the values that you don't usually find in the world. And especially because if I were to define their, their spiritual interests, they would almost be like an almost new age, you know, like we want to give our child every experience and every, you know, we want to teach them all religions, basically. And um, so anyway, we've become friends with them, um, and they manage our CSA drop now. And so we see them in the summer at least once a week, and our children are similar ages, and, and she says, I just love your children. I just, they can come over whenever they want. Leave them here whenever you want. Um, but they're just unique. They're not like other kids. They just really care about others. And just through that relationship, we've been able to have some spiritual talks with them and um, bring up topics and make plant-based meals for them. And even the children are planting seeds in their children's hearts. So just an example, um, my daughter Hannah, who is his five, she'll be six tomorrow, um, she was playing with one of the other girls and they were playing Ring Around the Rosy or something. And I noticed the other little girl was singing it a little wrong. And she said, oh, well, she's never heard that song before. And I told my daughter Hannah that. And she said, well, I need to think of some other songs to teach her. Like, do you think she knows Jesus loves me? And I said, she's probably never heard that song. And she said, oh, she has never heard that song? Well, I have to teach it to her. And I told her mom that and she said, well, that's great. And so um, they're very open, and we're able to plant seeds very easily, and we're just praying that the Lord will just see that through to fruition because, like we learned this morning, we don't know how he does it, but it's our job to put the seeds there and to watch them grow. And, um, you know, we're just blessed to be able to do that in different avenues in our community. So. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Deidre. Okay, who's next? You look sort of familiar as well, but maybe there's a few people who might not know you. What's your name? Um, my name is Weston. Is, is, he, is Weston on? Am I on? Yeah, go ahead. Well, okay. I'm Weston, Weston w Adams. Weston Adams, and where are you from, Weston? Um, I, my family lives in Tennessee, but I'm actually in Washington State right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Okay, so you're doing farming or agriculture, or what's going on? Yeah, what I actually wanted to share about was this summer... I spent about a good chunk of this summer working at Weimar Farm. And, That's in um, California? It's in California. Okay, good. Yeah. So right. 
while I was there, um, I made quite a few contacts with people. Um, people there at Weimar had, you know, Bible study interests and that kind of stuff. So I made quite a few contacts while I was there. And um, I just wanted to share a little bit of, of how some of the stuff that was happening on the farm connected with those contacts. Perfect. Um, so on the farm, of course, there's the stuff that, that, he's, that um, Mr. Greenfield, my employer, was growing to sell. But there was also quite a bit of stuff that was on the farm, wasn't really cultivated. For example, there was an old vineyard. A lot of grapes actually produced, but no one cultivated it. There was an old peach tree that was uh, basically a wild peach tree, um, and, and it produced decent peaches. Um, they're fun, even though they're not the, the commercial varieties, blackberries, things like that. So what I did over the summer is I would harvest those things that he wasn't selling, and um, I would take them to the different people that I was either studying the Bible with or visiting. And um, there were quite a few people. I took things to the nursing home when I would go there um, and, and get permission to give them to the people there. Um, and there. But there was this one man in particular I wanted to share with you. And um, he's, he's, he has had, from, our, from my perspective, he had had a really hard life. He'd, he'd grown up in an environment that was completely different from what I've grown up in, and um, so at, I shared, there were, there were um, one time I wanted to go visit him, and I knew that, I knew that if I had, actually my contact was to his sister, so I was in a good relationship with his sister, I knew her very well, he, I, I wanted to go visit him, but I knew that there was going to be some challenges if I showed up at his place, there could be some challenges, so what I did is I got a whole bunch of peaches, took him over to his place, dropped him off. He, um, initially, he wondered why I was there, but he let me into the house, and, and it, it was just a, a bridge. And at one, one point during this, um, during this relationship, he actually came to church with his sister and her husband. So he came to church, and he came over to one of the church members' house, houses after, after church, ate lunch with us, and we got into this amazing discussion, um, very spiritual, and coming from his background, and um, you don't know who I'm talking about and all, but coming from his background and, and where I, I knew he was, from what I could perceive, where I, where I knew he'd come from, it was just an amazing relationship, uh, amazing conversation around the, the table there after church, and I ended up giving him a Bible, um, from what I remember, he didn't have a Bible at all, and we prayed with him, and it was just, it was just amazing, um, and so I guess the way it connects into agriculture is just using, using these, these things that no one was cultivating, these peaches, they're just wild peaches, but why not pick them, and, and it, it makes a connection when you bring food to people, and, and, um, Use those. Use either leftover fruit, leftover vegetables, and just give it to people. It it opens doors, and it did in this case. Amen. Thank you, Wes. I appreciate that. Okay, who do we have next? We may have time for two more, so we'll do. Are you guys together? Okay, wonderful. We'll finish with you two. Wonderful. You look familiar as well, but share share with us your name and where you're from. Vladka Meyer. We live in West Virginia. West Virginia. Do you have a farm or do you have any kind of agriculture there? We do a little market gardening. Actually, we have a little farm stand in town. And at the farm stand, I was able to meet a lady um, who actually came and she was really excited about 
um, answered prayer. And she actually came and gave her testimony. And she came several times and always talked about it. And then she moved into our neighborhood. And I had opportunity to stop by and visit her and found out that she ended up having cancer in the last stage. So I spent some time with her off and on, praying, claiming promises, reading scripture, trying to encourage her. But uh, her health did deteriorate, and she passed away in January. But it so happened that um, she had told about our times of prayer to her family. So on the day when she was dying, they ended up inviting me to be with them. And I had opportunity to stay with them through that time while they were waiting for her to go to rest. Hmm. And after she passed away, there was one moment, you know, we waited for, for the body to be taken away. So, you know, it was quite some time that we all spent together. In fact, um, there was a time when they started being overwhelmed with grief and crying and wailing, and I was able to just sing a simple hymn, and it just calmed them right down, and they were able to keep bearing it. And um, when it was time for vacation Bible school in summer, I was able to call them up, and one of the daughters of this lady came and brought her son and her sister's son for vacation Bible school, and she also stayed around and enjoyed the program and actually helped us with the program. And she says, you know, we just really have to be in touch. In fact, they gave me a little um, plate that says, um, friends are the family that we choose. Mm -hmm. And that was something that her mother had, but she wanted me to have it as a, as a way of saying, you have become family to us because you have been with us in this time. And Absolutely. I feel that we have now more opportunity to talk to them. They are not Christians. They know about God, but they're not practicing Christians. The yeah. daughters aren't, but they're open to more. So. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Come on up, ladies. <clears throat> How about you share with us who you are and where you're from? My name is Natalie George, and I'm from Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama. Huntsville. Okay, great. My name is Kay Yarbrough, and I am from Athens, Alabama, and I'm standing here to support my sister. Okay, wonderful. Very good. Now, are you involved in agriculture in some way? Oh, uh, in some way. Well, um, about a year and a half ago, I started to work at Oakwood University, where about three years they started an agriculture farm. Okay. And they, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's all greens and natural preservative, no preservative and yeah. everything. Yeah. So the farm right now, it's growing every day where people from all over around the community is hearing day by day of the farm. And every Thursday, we would cook fresh greens from the garden for every customer that comes through the store. And everyone loved the food that comes there. And customers would come back day by day and said, this is the best greens or colors or whatever it may be that we are growing from the garden. They have never tasted any type of food like that before. So it's a blessing to serve the community. And I worked in the store. Sometimes I do harvest, sometimes outside. 
but I work in the store and it's a blessing to see, meet a lot of new faces. And I would share sometimes natural remedies. If I speak to someone that they are ill or they're not feeling well or slight cold, I would just give them something simple to go home and do and they would go home and try it and then come back and say what a blessing it was to them. So it's a blessing to be working. This is all new to me. So it's a blessing to work on the farm. And we also have students who would come and work or sometimes volunteer, or even parents would come and volunteer working on the farm. So it's, it's just to say it's a blessing to know that God's natural remedies and God's not way, it's, 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 it's the right way. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing. It's, isn't it encouraging? I mean, these are people from all over the country, a few overseas that we heard from. I mean, the neat thing is, is that you don't have to have a big farm. You can do something very small. You can go and say, like, pick wild peaches off of a tree. And it's just an amazing entering wedge. I mean, because people's know I mean think about it people coming up to your door you kind of wonder right they have some fruit in their hand they have some veggies in their hand it's just like just lowers the temperature people seem to be receptive it's amazing things that can happen with just these simple little veggies or cucumbers or whatever it is uh, that can reach out and touch people's lives so I was blessed I hope you were by these individuals who came up and shared um, we are going to close with prayer. I do have just one short announcement to make prior to that. Apparently, there may be a handful of people here who are trying to find rides back to the Orlando airport. Uh, some perhaps this evening, uh, if possible, and maybe a few in the morning. If you are heading to Orlando tonight or in the morning and you have space where you could get these folks to the airport, I'm sure they'd be much appreciated. I would encourage you, if that's the case, please just go to the registration table and put your name and phone number there, that how you can be reached, and maybe how many people you might be able to accommodate. Some of you may have rented cars from Orlando, and that you can just maybe have somebody hop in your car with you. You're going back to the airport anyway. So if that's something you could help out with, please go to the registration table after, the, after, the, after our meeting this evening, and please put your name down. I can't hear you. Oh, okay. If you're going to the Jacksonville instead of Orlando in the Jacksonville area, uh, just, yeah, just so Jacksonville and Orlando, I guess those are really the two airports that are within Gainesville. I don't know. Are there people who need to get somewhere to Gainesville? Anyway, if you're, if you're happy to help with that, please go to the registration table, put your name and phone number, how we can get you connected with the people who need the ride. Fair enough? All right, let's, let's just bow our heads as we close. Lord, it's really quite remarkable in a day that has so many gizmos and gadgets and modern communication and all these bells and whistles that things as simple as peaches and cucumbers and kale salad can make such inroads into people's hearts and to people's lives. Um, you give us an opportunity, Lord, in a special way to be a part of that. And uh, we count it as a blessing and a privilege. Doesn't mean that it's not going to sometimes be easy and that it's not going to take commitment, but we are 
also thankful that that's actually part of the process too. So thank you for each one who shared and the many other people in this auditorium who probably have really great stories that they could share as well about how it's touching people's lives right in their own neighborhood and their own communities. And we thank you for the time we were able to share those this afternoon. Bless us now as we continue and finish out the Sabbath day. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.